0: Well, I'm Levi Sanders And I'm Chase Schaefer And this is the Average Joe Theology Show so um, if you've been with us long, as you can tell, Hunter is no longer with us. Um, currently, he's going to be back, I'm sure. Um, but he's just really busy right now, doesn't have the time for it, um, and that's fun. And and we are yep, very grateful definitely. that um, Chase could jump in with us. Um, I'm glad to be here. This yeah. is a vision that we had initially, that we could get some more people involved. So um, we're glad to have Chase. So Chase, just tell everybody, you know, what's a little introduction of yourself and kind of how, how the Lord's worked in your life. Uh well, um my name is Chase.
1: Uh I'm 23 years old. I, I live here in Seymour. Um, I've lived here for about let's say I think 12 years of my life, 13 years of my life. Um I love Tennessee. I think it's a great place. Um I've always been in church all my life basically. My from since I was born I was probably oh, in yeah. that church man. I mean my parents always made me go to church and back then it was a maid. Made me go, not yeah. You know, now I love to go, but back in back in the day, it was they, they made me go, and so, um. But I always actually really enjoyed it. It was a good time. Uh, up in I used to live in Indiana until I was about ten years old, and um, then we moved here whenever I was about ten, and um, started growing up here. Really went to high school around the area, went to middle school around the area, and high school, and then, um, as I grew up in the church, I. I led that kind of life, though. I feel like a lot of Christians or people who become Christians maybe, uh, you know, saw themselves that once in their life where before they were saved, they were thrown into church, and uh, they thought they had the faith that, Mm -hmm. you know, they always, you know, they they thought they had faith, but it wasn't actually their own. It wasn't. It was something that they grew up just knowing, and that's that's what they stuck with, and they rolled with it, and maybe kind of two-faced, just not um who they really were. And so I was about 19 years old, I would say. I was at a church camp up in New York volunteering my parents straight up forced me to go. I mean, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I like I remember my parents in New York. Uh, uh, New York. Yeah, that's where my parents met. They met there. Oh, wow. Okay. And um they they told me uh <laughs> they told me they were like, "Hey, so uh, I know you have big plans for this summer, but we're going to straight up just make you go up to New York where you know nobody and you're just going to drop everything. You're going to go up there and you're going to work at this church camp. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, I was totally against it. I'm like, are you serious? I'm going to be around a bunch of like, like Christians and stuff for like all summer. I'm going to be forced to go there. Like I was like, kind of like, yeah, it's kind of cool. But also I was like, dude, are you kidding me? I am not going to do this. And so I rebelled so hard and um, went to this church camp though. Uh, yeah, my parents forced me to go. And I remember the first week or second week I was there, um, I hated it. I would call my mom every day. I'd be like, "Yo, you guys need to drive like 16 hours <laughs> and get me out of here." Like I was like, I was livid. I was yeah.
0: Back off just a little bit. I got to back off I'm yeah, too loud. Back off. Yeah, you're okay. just a little bit too loud. Okay.
1: Yeah. Just just tell me whenever I'm. I'm <laughs> you're I'm, I'm good. Getting at, I'm not as good at Hunter. You're good. At this Hunter I know is a pro, and I'm just kind of like, <laughs> I need to figure this out. But, it takes um, a minute. But yeah, like. So I'm at this church camp. Uh hated it, but the thing was is that I was super angry the whole time I was there for 2 weeks like mom, dad, you guys got to get me yeah. out of here. And I looked around at all these people that were also working there and they were they were also happy. Yeah. And they and it wasn't like we were all in this really kind of sucky circumstance where you know the rooms that we were staying in weren't that great you know things were not awesome you're I, in new york you know, which a, is just not a good state yeah well, <laughs> yeah yeah it's not the best but uh and, and i just you know i i everybody was so happy and like they're, yeah. they're reading their bibles and at, uh, after a time i was like man i'm i'm missing something i'm definitely missing i, I would still consider myself a christian if you would ask i was like yeah i'm a christian i am to this church camp working but yeah. i hated it you know like in my heart and I realized that the faith I thought I had, I m- most certainly didn't have. Mm. I, d- I did not have it at all. Wow. and and I I had re- and you
0: realized that at this camp.
1: Yes, I did. I did. Uh, and I, it it was one of those things where I, I'd been tricking myself. I've been lying to myself yeah. all my life. Like, yeah, you're 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 a Christian. You're saved, and I, I've been playing the part really well too. I mean, I was, um, in the youth band, I mean, I was uh, basically doing that, and um, really big in church, and I, I was doing the things that you needed to do, the steps that you needed to take to look good, but it was not even close to the yeah. heart change I needed, and so on that camp, um, I talked to a couple leaders, a couple guys that were kind of watching over me over the, whenever I was there, and I, I truly came to to know the lord he awesome he opened my eyes you yeah. know I, I it was nothing that i could do uh and he was the one that just he was like hey yeah you're, you're mine now bro and 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 it made sense yeah and all these people that were so happy i saw why and and truly like the thing i've been missing all my life the this bitterness almost like grown. yeah and so um loved, loved it so much for the rest of the summer that uh went two years later awesome Uh, like i i loved it um a lot of things were uh i I still struggle with whenever i got back home you know thing i mean things weren't perfect i was definitely not perfect um went back and really that's it was a massive confirmation just absolutely fantastic time the second time um continuing to try to just grow in the church that I have here in Eden chapel. Um, I, I work with my family. I guess I'll go more like personal stuff. Like I work with my family. Um, we do building supplies and stuff like that. Um, my uncle is my, my pastor. He's, He's an amazing dude. Uh, one of the most influential people in my life. Uh, most definitely also the elders at my church. Um, I got, I got Jonathan Mitchell. He's, he's a, a beast man just so cool and then a new elder actually G, who's helped me so much in my life um and yeah my church is great i love them to death everybody there um there's just yeah god has blessed me over awesome so many years just yeah yeah and that's i guess i guess the little introduction that you yeah (laughs) that's good that's okay i I
0: hope that wasn't too much i mean we now know you yeah at least a little bit yeah and and Hopefully through our conversations, then people will continue to learn about both of us. Or yeah, a little bit more, um, because I'm sure there's people watching that know me that don't know you, or know you and don't know me. Yeah, they don't even I'm know person. like so how so we kind of. got well, yeah, we went to, got to school meet school together. Each other. Yeah, um, like graduated together, but we really didn't talk until not, not a, you really. went. You joined the the Air Tennessee Nash- Air National Guard, Air and National. we got linked Air up. 34th working on working in an electric Electricity, E and E, bro, E and E. So and now we got to drill once a month and have deep theological conversations <laughs> <laughs> on the flight line. Yeah, it's it's really fun. Actually, <laughs> I
1: absolutely love it. Uh, all the guys at work too. Like it's such a big, broad range of people. So like you know, everybody has like a little input they can give.
0: Yeah, and it's just it's awesome. I absolutely For love sure. it. Yeah, it's really fun. So okay, well, once again, this is the Average Joe Theology Show. It's yeah. been a long time since we dropped the episode, like a month <laughs> and a half, yeah, if not more. I don't really. I didn't really keep up with the weeks. Probably like a couple months, it, honestly. It,
1: I think it was a month and three weeks. Okay. I, I I don't want to say that for sure, but I'm I'm pretty sure because I was listening you know, to all this podcasts and yeah. I was just like number one fan, bro. And, yeah. and then all of a sudden it just stopped. Well, you
0: did give us the best feedback before you were on the show, which you are now. <laughs> you were our best feedback. I was stoked about it so, because it was um, super fun. But but yeah, man. Cool. So we're we're back in trying to continue our doctrines of grace series. So we started a series. Like two months ago, yeah. plus on the doctrines of grace, <clears throat> we talked about limited atonement. Which, oh wait, sorry, that's I'm, I'm not starting at the beginning. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah you got. So, what achieved. are the doctrines of grace? Right, that's the mm-hmm. that's the the main to doctrines it. that that make up um, the <clears throat> Reformed tradition, or what you would call Calvinism nowadays, which is like a dun, you know dun, touchy dun. term. Yeah, but <laughs> but um. You know, there's the acronym Tulip. So yep. we've talked about total depravity, yep. the fact that man is so utterly ruined by the fall, top to bottom, that we nothing we, we are do. are sinful. There's nothing we can do to earn our way back to God. God has to do it. Romans one, right there, man. Yep. So and then we talked about um, unconditional election, which is just the idea that God, before the foundation of the world, elected those who would be His. Um, based on no conditions, Amen. unconditional election. Amen. There was no condition in us that he foresaw that cho- that caused him to choose us. Mm-hmm. He just yeah. chose those who would be his. Um, and then we talked about limited atonement, which is that Christ's death That's on the cross one, yeah. was to pay for the sins of those elect, that it did not pay for the sins of everyone. If it did, then what would anybody be punished for? if all their sins were gone. Yeah. So that leads us now to, um, irresistible grace. I had to think about the, the acronym for a minute. You hit
1: you and I was like, I stopped. I was like, irresistible grace. (laughs) So that's
0: what we're at today. So right off, you know, we know what grace is. It's an undeserved gift. And, and thus far, because basically all the doctrines of grace build on each other. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about total depravity, all these different things, right? Yeah. So, god has to do the work god has yes. chosen us god has sent his son to die on the cross to to pay for the sins of those who he chose yeah so what does it mean that his grace in that is irresistible why Why would we and i know we can talk about how irresistible grace is kind of a misleading title it, it is um, in a way, yeah it is but but what what do we mean when we say that that grace is irresistible just in in a short in a short you know summary, I guess you could say that
1: like whenever God comes with his salvific grace that w- there's nothing we can do like to stop that like God is in control like he's yeah. he's in control of who he saves and and who he doesn't and and even if if he doesn't save somebody because of our total depravity, I mean he's completely just in that yes. and and so it's God who's in control of our salvation. And he opens the eyes of the blind, the people who who choose to not see because of our sinful nature.
0: Right. So we believe that and we can get into this that mm-hmm. God has to first open our eyes or change our heart or what we'd call regenerate us before yes. we can even see or desire or choose him or any of these things that faith right not at all that yeah before we can even have faith he must change something in us because we're totally depraved mm-hmm. we are ruined by the fall we cannot we cannot do that we are dead in trespasses and sins as ephesians 2 would say so the question is you know when he opens our eyes to see that we are sinners and mm-hmm. there is a sovereign god yes then What we're saying is, ultimately, that can't be resisted. No, that cannot be. That That cannot cannot be resisted. resisted. Like I said, the salvific grace cannot be resisted. So once he regenerates us, Mm -hmm. well, first of all, there's nothing we can do to resist his regeneration. No. And then, ultimately, there's nothing that we can do to um, fault or alter God's will in the end. That if Mm -hmm. God is going to open our eyes, has chosen from the beginning of the foundation of the world... That before the beginning of the foundation of the world, that that He was going to save us, and then He opens our eyes to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing we can do to say, "Well, even though I see it, I'm just going to reject it and and go away." Ultimately, so <clears throat> and and we can talk. There is a way that we can, you know, try to to um, resist, resist, resist the Holy but Spirit. But ultimately, it's talked about God's in the Bible. work, yeah. Will come to pass.
1: Yes, it will. I mean, it, God is sovereign; He's in right. control. I'm, and I mean, like you said, there there is passages. Uh, I think in Acts seven fifty one, it says, uh, "You stiff necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit, as your fathers did." So do you. I mean, there are times whenever the Bible does talk about us resisting uh, the Holy the Holy Spirit. You know, just just God, but. Whenever it comes to salvation, I mean, there's plenty of scripture, a, a lot of scripture, yeah, to talk and back up that. Whenever salvation comes, God is the one that opens up our eyes. I mean, it says in, I, I think Psalms, uh, Psalms three eight, you know, salvation belongs to God. Yeah, He's the one that. It, it, it's it's a click it's a cut and clear thing that it's God who is in control of salvation. Yeah, and then on top of that, I mean like we have what John 6 pulled up.
0: Yep. Yeah. So we can up. go to that. So yeah. um the first verse we really wanted to dive into today is John 6:44 and some of the verses I guess surrounding it. But here we see Jesus talking to some of the the Jews and and he um he's just talking to them here about salvation and how it works and who he is and and why he's come to earth and all of these many reasons. And in, in John six forty four he says no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. Right. So, so the the after the semicolon gets into perseverance of the saints. What we're <laughs> gonna talk about next time. But no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. So what does that have to do with irresistible grace? Well, I mean, if you just go slow through it, I mean, it it,
1: it says it for itself. Right. No one can come to me. No one can be saved, right? Unless the Father, who sent me, talking about Jesus, draws him, right? So God so no has one, to do the drawing. Exactly. It, it's, it's, before it's a we work, can, before we before we can have faith, and, and like before we can actually believe, before our eyes are open, God has to draw us first, right? By that
0: chronological order, right there. And and I think that word "can" is very important. So mm-hmm. I I once watched a thing. I don't even remember what it was, but. R.C. Sproul said something that really stuck out to me. He was like, here here, where it says, no one can come to me, right? Yeah. Th- then he 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 used the illustration of, you know, when you're in the classroom as a kid and you say, can I go sharpen my pencil? And the teacher says, well, I'm sure you can. Can you? Yeah. Can you, bro? Come <laughs> That's on. That's the worst. Well, obviously, that means do you have the ability to sharpen your pencil? Yes, yes you I'm can. sure that you can have you do have the ability to walk over there and sharpen your pencil but the question is may you do it no right so when it comes to salvation we may we can do it uh, no sorry we can't do it yeah but, uh, so so like if you were to I mean, say okay may then i come can. to the father on my own free will yeah you you can you may mm-hmm. but you can't you don't have okay. the ability yes. to do so i'm rolling okay Sorry, I messed yeah, that up. You can't. Yeah, I, yeah messed uh, up. I was getting. Oh, okay. Yeah, you have you, the opportunity to do so. You have the permission to do so, but you do not have the ability. No, you after can't, the fall can't do it. You do not have the ability to make that decision. You exactly. do not have the ability the ability to come to the Father, and that's why, unless He draws
1: you. And that's why it's important to talk about. I feel like total depravity first, because it, exactly. it gets it gets that centeredness out of the way, you know, and and making you realize how sinful of a person you are, right. and and then that's why. It's so important for irresistible grace because, because it shows that there is nothing we can do. We can't right. do it on our own. Like God has to be the one who who puts in who puts in emotion and is in control and over our salvation. Because if, if it was relying upon me, it, it would never get done. Exactly, like you said, and, and like I messed it up earlier. But I, I may be able to,
0: but I can't. I, right. I
1: can't do it. You know, it's not yeah, possible I may, I my may go
0: to the Father. Yeah. He has said, hey, repent of your sins and come to me. Yeah. I may do it, but I can't do it. I don't have the ability. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that's why he says no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draw, draws him. So, you know, and that's, you can really dive all the way back to the beginning of this whole argument against the doctrines of grace. So we've talked about some of the history of the doctrines of grace that mm-hmm. that it it wasn't formatted by John Calvin. Everybody calls it Calvinism, yeah, but it wasn't formatted by John Calvin. It, it, he taught most of this stuff, yeah, but he never formatted it into five points. That was a response to Arminianism, Arminianism yeah, like a hundred years after Calvin already started his ministry. But Calvin taught these things, but before him, Augustine taught these things. Before him, Paul taught these things, and obviously we're we're reading here in in John where Jesus yes. taught these things. So it's kind of you know sometimes I'm confused as why it's attributed to Calvin, but it just is. And and so I mean he would probably not call it Calvinism. Actually, for sure he would not. Yeah, he'd, he'd be like, he'd uh, really I learned these things that. from Augustine <laughs> and from Paul and from Jesus. Uh, open up your Bible. That's where it's at. Yeah, that's exactly. where I learned this at. So. Um, yeah, but but going all the way back to Augustine in like the 300s, 400s, mm-hmm. he had this argument with this guy named Pelagius, right? And that's really where all this started was Pelagius said, no, we're not all guilty of Adam's sin. We're not all sinful. We're not all naturally fallen. We we There's still a remnant of good in every man, mm-hmm. and that's why we can come to God. So as you say, this argument really... Stands on an understanding of total depravity, that we yes. are fallen from top to bottom and there's nothing mm-hmm. we can do. And and I know a, a text me and Hunter talked about a lot was Ephesians 2. I mean, Ephesians I think it just two, wraps yeah. it all up to say you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Mm-hmm. But even when we were dead, God raised us and made us alive with Christ. Mm-hmm. He yeah. made us alive. He's the one who changed, changed something so that other stuff can occur. Yeah. He's the one who did it all, mm-hmm. just as you said. So, another point in John six forty four is no one can come to me, right? We don't have the ability to, unless the Father who sent me draws him. So, the counter argument everyone would say, and me and you have even had this conversation <laughs> with have. people, yeah, and they the always counter- bring it up. The, it's weird. Exactly. But. The counter argument would be, well, he draws everybody. He invites everyone that draw everyone is an is invitation, drawn. yeah, right that's what so, I hear a lot, yeah, so that draw is just like, hey, here is Jesus, he died for you, you just have to put faith in him, mm-hmm. right that's a, they say that blanket universal statement of come to Jesus is drawing everyone mm-hmm. so what what do you think about that
1: that word that word draws there, I mean that's so right so we have this in in english and i mean okay so obviously we you know can think about it as draws as something else uh one way or the other but w- what does draws really mean then right there
0: well um i mean people try to make it mean different things <laughs> they do but <laughs> if you look at the greek word right then, then then most of the other places it occurs in scripture pretty much all of them or or at least most of them the majority yeah. of the ways that greek word is translated is not just a simple like hey invitation kind of deal it's not like a it's not like i just tried to talk people into it right so Mm -hmm. another place it occurs is james 2 when he says but you have dishonored the poor man is it not the rich who oppress you and personally drag you into the court that word drag is the same greek word same as draw yes so once again, and if you want to go to Acts chapter, I want to say it's like I don't know, I was not prepared to go to Acts, but <laughs> um, Where Where we at next Uh yeah, Acts chapter sixteen. Um Paul and Silas are preaching mm-hmm. and it says but when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. Dragged, same Greek word, same Greek word. As draws. Mm-hmm. So when it says, "No one can come to me," no one has the ability to come to me unless the Father who sent me. I'm, you know, I mean, you could translate this to say "drag," just so say "drag." Unless yeah. the Father who sent me drags him, okay? Because but, I mean, but really, we don't
1: want to be. I mean, we love our sin so much. Yeah, we, we hate we ha- God. Yeah, we we we, we don't when before we are saved, we hate God, and and that's how it is. I mean, it's yeah. not something where, like, synergism. You know, it, it's it's monergism. It's something God has to do. You right. Know? It, it's this. It's it's and dragging. we've talked about
0: that on the podcast too. You know, you just said synergism and monergism. A yes. lot of people's not gonna know what that means. Okay. So, yes. But but that's to say, you know, synergism would be that there's two active agents. Mm-hmm. That there are two active people in our salvation us and god yeah monergism says no there's one there's mono it's god there there is god there's one active agent yeah we've talked about that before that there's only one active agent in our salvation that's god but when when we say you know a lot of people are going to be really turned off by the by you saying well no one can come to me unless the father who sent me drags him but there's another place that this same greek word appears and it's like in greek poetry or something i can't Mm -hmm. remember and and this is the you know RC Sproul speaks on this a lot too. Okay. Um, but it appears in like this Greek poetry and he, and he's talking about drawing water from a well. From the well. Yeah. So it's still the word draw, but it's understood differently. So when we when we think of draw, we think about like trying to draw a cat back inside that ran out the door, right? Come on, you know, come back into the house. I've got you a treat or whatever else. Please. Like God is up there like yeah. I did this great thing and sent my son to die for you. Come on. You just come back. <laughs> oh, come word, back yeah. to me. You know what I mean? But in all reality, I like the idea that it's drawing water from a well, right? You don't just mm-hmm. stand at the top and say, hey, water. Come on, man. I'm really up, thirsty. I really want you to come up here. <laughs> no, I mean, you you take the bucket down there and you pull the water out. Yeah, You get the, right? you get the We are dead. and you pull it back up. Yeah. We are dead in our trespasses and sins, and, and God makes us alive. Mm-hmm. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. He just makes us alive. He lets us see, right? And another thing, and really what we wanted to talk about here was the main argument for irresistible grace or or what the what was the other terminology for the doctrine? So there's irresistible grace. If that was a, if that was a, so you want to word, Is that what you're yeah. saying?
1: So like effectual calling. Right. So okay. God.
0: So God's calling is effectual. Mm-hmm. It works every yes, time. Every time. There's nothing we could do to to stop it. Right. And and that's God's calling. That's God. What we what we what we would. Oh my gosh, I can't even talk. <laughs> what we would call regeneration. Mm-hmm. That God regenerates us. He removes our heart of stone and gives us a heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. He he. We are born again by the Spirit to That's see. Right. We are made alive with Christ so that we can see what's going on, right? Yeah. And, and I talked with you before about um, the story of Nicodemus, right? There's this yeah. Jew who comes to see Jesus in the dark. He doesn't want people to know that he's coming to see Jesus. I'm so he sneaks again. over there in the dark. Yeah. And he says, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God. As a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him, and Jesus answered and said to him, truly truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God see you can't even see it, no to respond to it, you can't even see it and understand it or do anything with the kingdom of God you can't enter it, you can't see it, you can't do anything unless you are born again already mm-hmm. yeah, and how does that happen
1: uh, By a draw? By a drag, yeah, by an effectual, by by, by, by God. God,
0: changing our heart, yeah. changing our our, making opening us alive, our eyes. Yeah. yeah, opening our eyes that we can see I, Him.
1: I would say what well, you're talking about with the heart of stone. Um, I mean, I, I I like that. Pat, I think in Ezekiel 36, yep. 24 through 27, um, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness and from all your idols. I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit and I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to work in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules.
0: Yep. Isn't that, that that's just amazing. Exactly. I mean, and that's, that's when and
1: that's when like, I don't know that. Which this is when you can go it's on pain. like
0: a whole nother okay. a whole another, rabbit hole to say you mm-hmm. know when does the new covenant really start, okay, and and because here God is calling a remnant of Israel mm-hmm. back from the exile to say I'm going to give you my Spirit to empower you I'm going to change your heart so that you can see that they are regenerated, a remnant of Israel, mm-hmm. okay, so. I mean, what does that, you know what I mean? Like, that's a whole rabbit hole. We don't have to talk about that. But, but I I mean, going on to Jeremiah, um, I taught our youth group yesterday, and we were talking about the Holy Spirit. And in Jeremiah, God says something very similar to his people about, I'm going to write my law on your hearts. Mm -hmm. With my spirit, I'm going to teach you the things of God, and I'm going to let you to see my law, to see... The kingdom of God, right? How it is to be and how you are to obey and how you are to live Mm -hmm. and and desire holiness and then empower you through the Spirit to actually live obediently because before that, Israel obviously could not live obediently. Yeah. They just continually failed. Obviously. So, you know, God empowers us and changes our heart and lets us to see His kingdom Mm. through the Holy Spirit by regenerating us.
1: And it's God in control the entire time. I mean, if the only thing that we bring to the table for salvation is the sin yep. that, that damns us. That's true. It really is. And so that that's the only thing that we do. It, yep. and, and that's why it's good that God's grace is, I mean, you know, we talked about the word, but irresistible. I mean, that b- whenever salvation comes, you know, I'm trying to resist salvation because I love my sin so much. Yeah. But God draws us. He, for sure. He, he draws us to himself, thankfully. And I mean he opens our eyes. He makes our hearts of stone and a heart of flesh. I mean it it's something that we would mess up if we were if we took For sure. any part in, any part in at all, we would mess it up. Because yeah. that's our nature. That's how we were born. But there's nothing we can do.
0: To mess it up in the first place. Therefore there's nothing we can do to mess it up and lose it later. Yeah. But that's a whole other argument. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That <laughs> we're gonna talk about next time. Next week. Yeah. So um I guess we probably need to take a break really fast. Take a little Um, break. And we'll be right back. So Mm -hmm. we'll see you in just a second. Okay, and we're back from our break. And um, you know, before the break we were talking about how um we can't really resist God's changing of our hearts, God's opening our eyes to see, God's regenerating yeah. us and 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 causing us to then have the ability to follow him, to obey him and, and really that we cannot resist God's will ultimately being done in that scenario. And and you have a great person in church history yeah. and in scripture uh, yeah, that perfectly illustrates that so I, I, so take it
1: i think the uh somebody who i always like to go to for whenever you talk about this type of topic is the conversion of Saul to Paul yep i think it it's something that really just encapsulates everything like it okay so this is the conversion of Saul to Paul it's in acts 9 and i'm going to just be reading it real quick um, I'm just gonna probably read it from here. It's uh, Acts nine one through twenty. I might not read it all though, because okay. <laughs> I'm sorry if I this goes on. But uh, but Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belongings to the way.
0: He, sorry, I lost my place. You're good. It's hard trying to keep your mouth like right in the middle. It is. I saw you. I saw
1: you staring over there, and I was like, "Oh man, hopefully, my." No, you're come, good. Okay. You're good. Okay, the way,
0: men or women, he might
1: bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, like this, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, "Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me?" And he said, "Who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord?" And he said, "I am Jesus." Whom you are persecuting, but rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. So then it continues on. Saul's eyes were closed. Uh, and then he rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he's this is later, whenever his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. And these people led him, and for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias and he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. So it continues on. Let's go to verse seven, uh, 16. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. And actually, no, I'm going to go to 15. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he has chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. And then it continues on to 20. Whenever Saul truly has the conversion, his eyes are opened. And immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue saying, he is the son of God. So God approaches Saul yep. in the middle of the desert. He's literally going across the desert, which was almost considered suicide back mm-hmm. in the day because of how dangerous it was to cross. And his literally his entire desire is to go and kill Christians. That's yeah. what he's wanting to do. For sure. And then God just shows up and he's like, hey, why are you persecuting me? I'm I'm Jesus. Why are you doing this? And he's like, you know what? Blinding you. Mm-hmm. He blinds Paul. Takes him to Ananias. Ananias, uh, God speaks to Ananias. Ananias. Takes him to Damascus. To him. Yes. And then, and then here it's like God's like, hey, I'm going to use him for an instrument of, of me. God is the one that came to Yeah to to later Paul, but and and he was you know, and then later Paul was like, Well, in verse twenty, he's like immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying he is the son of God. Yep. It was such a conversion, such a change of heart that later on uh, disciples didn't even believe that he was truly a believer. Yeah, that's true. That that's that's how much of a change it is. And yeah. you're telling me that that it's something to do with us. Right. Making now, that decision and that change to, to yeah. be saved. No, like, it's God who has to intervene. And that's my whole point. Sorry I read so much. That, no, you're but, good.
0: <laughs> and and I know, like, one thing about Paul's conversion, which I think I think there's two perfect... Well, all of Scripture, obviously, is God-breathed and, and is perfect for mm-hmm. all of these things. But when it comes to salvation, I think there's two men who... In their stories in scripture particularly illustrate how salvation works so accurately so so like just the the imagery there mm-hmm. the way that it works yeah. is just so perfect, and Saul's one of them yes, however, you talked about the drastic change there, yes, I just want to throw a disclaimer out about Paul's ministry and his conversion. I know a lot of times before I've been slightly disheartened because i I truly believe that I was saved at the age of eight. Mm-hmm. That God truly regener- regenerated me and and saved me at the age of eight, mm-hmm. but my I mean I I think it obviously took a a long time of maturing and growing as a Christian to get to a point where I was mature, yeah. and and I think yeah. I know in my life before I've read Paul's conversion and 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 like thought he was immediately you know, preaching so fervently about the scriptures that they wanted to kick him out, and he went to the next town. But actually, he was in Damascus like three years. Hmm. So he was in Damascus like three years before before he, before he they got so fed up with his teaching that they tried to kick him out and kill him. Mm-hmm. I just want to throw that disclaimer out there because I know for me, sometimes it's been like, well, he was just so just flip of a switch. And then I see other people like that. like Like Hunter was one of them in my life who... I saw just such a drastic change so quickly and yeah. then fast maturing. And I didn't see that in my life. And I think other people could be in the same boat and feel slightly discouraged, but it wasn't as quick as the scripture may make it seem. Like Paul was there for a while. Yeah, he
1: was there for a while learning and teaching. So yeah.
0: Yeah. I just wanna throw that out there. But mm-hmm. but you know, you talk about Paul. I think he's he was a, a perfect person. Yeah, that that's what I was gonna about. get to. So okay. I think the perfect one is Paul. Okay, Okay? But I think actually my favorite um, imagery to go to when it comes to salvation is the raising of Lazarus Mm -hmm. in John chapter 11. So Jesus comes to Lazarus. This man is dead, right? Like he has been dead. They come and and Jesus is deeply moved. He comes to the tomb and Jesus says, remove the stone, right? So Lazarus is in this tomb. He's been there for a while. He's He's in there. There's a stone block in the tomb. Jesus says, remove the stone. Right. And Mary, Lazarus sister, is like, Jesus, you know, he's been in there for, for four days. Like he's dead. Yes, okay? A, yeah. OK. He's going to be like his corpse is probably going to be rotting. I think it's funny. Like the King James actually says he is four days stinketh <laughs> <laughs> that, that he has been in there for four days. He's rotting. Yeah. So so Jesus like remove the stone. Right. He is dead. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus, um, they move the stone. Remove the stone, which I think you know. He takes out our heart of stone and gives us a heart of yes. flesh. So he's removing the stone. Yeah. Okay. He's removing the thing that is blocking him and Lazarus, just as he removes the that Lazarus heart of stone that is blocking yeah. us from from God yeah. and regenerates us. Lazarus and then, is not doing it. Jesus and then he looks at he Lazarus is just laying in there dead, mm-hmm. and Jesus prays to the Father. He says, "I thank you that you've heard me." And I, I knew that you always hear me, but because the people are standing here, he wanted to recognize God for his power, and that's really how all this is going on. But then he said, um, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus arose. Life filled Lazarus' dead body again. And all Jesus did was declare that Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus didn't, didn't you know... I, he wasn't like in there in his dead body. Like I really just want to be alive. I'm trying so hard, and then Jesus is like Lazarus, if you want to be alive, come come forth. No, he didn't. He didn't throw out that disclaimer. He just said Lazarus, come forth, and mm-hmm. it happened. Yeah, he just brought him to life. So just the same as as you pointed out with Paul, that he said, Paul, follow me, right? Yeah. Be you are mine. Follow me. This is what you're gonna do for my kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was no ifs or buts about it. So ultimately, when we're talking about irresistible grace, that's what we're talking about. That when God chooses to regenerate us, make us his own, let us to see his kingdom, that there's nothing we can do to, to stop it. Mm-hmm. Just like Lazarus couldn't be like, nah, I think I'm good. I'm just going to stay in here dead.
1: I'm going to stay in here. I'm going to resist yeah, your exactly. salvific ideas. Lazarus, of come forth. Nah, bro, I'm there. good.
0: Yeah, I'm good. I'm just going to stay <laughs> dead. No. And just, just the same as... It would not have yeah. worked for Saul to just be like, no, I'm just going to sit here in the middle of the road to Damascus <laughs> blind until I die, Yeah, right? I mean, it just, it it wouldn't have worked. God had already blinded him. Jesus had already intervened. opened his, yeah, God yeah. had in, intervened. Mm-hmm.
1: And and that's what it takes. Exactly. It takes that intervening by God, something that, that we can't do in the middle of our hatred towards God, in, in the middle of us. Like you know, like Paul, where he's like, "I'm I'm going to go kill these Christians. Right. I hate them. I I I I want them dead. I I will bring them in chains." Yeah, and he's like, you know, and then, boom, God intervened. Right. And Paul didn't wasn't wasn't persuaded by, yep. the, by somebody with a good argument, or it wasn't, or is it? It wasn't something of his will. He was that, not that he invited had to bring up. It, it wasn't that like we talked about earlier. Synergism. It's 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 this monergism. It is this. This God is big, and He is everything is reliant upon God yeah. for us to be saved. Right, He is the one that's in control. Yeah, I mean, and and how Saul was not invited; he yeah. was commanded. And that's just—I don't know. For me, it's 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 a great thought. It's a great. I'm I'm happy that my salvation is not reliant upon me, because how right. would I, I would mess it up for sure. And and who else better to put. The hands of your salvation than in God's, and not yours in God's. Exactly, with, with you being in the mix of messing it up. Yeah, you know, it, it's all God. That's, and I, I, I don't see why that's such a bad
0: thing. Well, like, see, I think get, we get angry because we talked earlier when we, when we brought up John six forty four. Mm-hmm. No one can come to me unless the Father sent me. Draws on. Yeah, a mm-hmm. lot of people say that there is a universal draw, a universal invitation. I do not find that anywhere in Scripture. I think there is a universal command mm-hmm. to repent and come to to the father to to repent and believe in jesus christ mm-hmm. that that is a universal command that we do not have the ability to to respond to mm-hmm. and, and so I think there's a misconception there that it's an invitation it's not an invitation it's a command
1: if it was an invitation and god and God just let us all go to try to take that invitation, yeah. Nobody would accept it. That's why Correct. we need God. Unless there. he regenerated us. Exactly. Exactly. Because we hate him. <laughs> we before we're saved, we yeah. we we hate
0: God. And that's just our nature. Yep. That's how we were that's how we were born. So just yeah. the same as you know, we, we talked about irresistible grace, or if it was better called effectual calling, that when Jesus, just like with Lazarus, if he when Jesus said Lazarus, come forth, it was effectual. His mm-hmm. words worked. There's mm-hmm. nothing to hinder them. No. They just worked. They did. So just the same when God um, quickens us by the <laughs> Holy Spirit, brings us to life, um, regenerates us, there's nothing we can do to to negate that. Mm-hmm. That just works. It's effectual.
1: And, and, yeah. It. I don't even know where I'm going to say like, But, like, it's also whenever people do talk about, uh, I think we may have mentioned it, but irresistible. It's not this... It's not this thing too where, you know, we're sitting back at our old life and our sin and just being like, "Man, look what I'm missing so much." God, God, God drew me and I'm, I guess I'm stuck here. It's more of this like, this idea where once God opens our eyes, we're looking at this this evil and grossness that we once were, and yeah. and, and, and and we're like, "Why did I even think that was good?" And, and, it's and you see such. So the, the, the amazingness of God, the, the just his glory and just how amazing and perfect he is. And, and that's what the eye-opening part is. And so there there's nothing else we can do but follow God. Because we look at this rubbish from before and we look at this, this evil we committed and we see something just so much better. And so why would I not follow it? It is almost irresistible yep. because...
0: exactly that's so good (laughs) see it i mean i think just like you say after after our eyes are open and our heart is changed we see that to be obedient and to Mm -hmm. live under god's lordship is the best thing for us it is that it's not a burden it's not something we're in bondage to just as we were in bondage to sin now we are freed to live under the lordship of christ and that's the best thing for us that's where true joy and true happiness and true contentment is found that's the only place we realize we've been missing. that the whole time. Just like you did it at camp. Yeah. Right. It, that, it, that's what was missing. Yeah. And things just clicked. because before that, we try to fill it with so many other things, mm-hmm. hobbies or addictions or anything to try mm-hmm. to, to fill that place that God fills, mm-hmm. that God sized hole in every human heart. We try to fill it with everything, but it doesn't work. Never. And, and never will. But we're not going to try to fill it with God until he does it. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, we may even try to fill it up with, like, what I did before with religion, you know, yeah. where it's this it's this, this emptiness. Which religion is not bad. No, 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 no. Whenever I say religion, right. it's, it's this, this, this. I'm doing legalism. things. This legalism. This, I'm yeah. trying to earn God. This, right. Sorry, I should have rephrased that. No, but you're this, good. I but just want to
0: throw that disclaimer because mm-hmm. today there's that rampant, Idiocracy. That's like <laughs> I'm not religious. I'm just spiritual. Oh man, I'm getting you started. Yeah, which that, oh man, really just means you're your own god, and you don't uh, yeah you, you don't want to take God seriously because he has established religion. Mm-hmm. And but but like before, you know, it was this. I'm gonna
1: do this, and I'm I'm doing good. I'm I'm in I'm in the youth band, right. man. I'm I'm doing Legalism. all this good deeds. Yeah, and and I that's what just I like tried to fill that my heart that my heart with. And whenever God opened my eyes, I saw just the. The absolute two faced, just how yeah, how how empty, how it, empty it was, and false, and and truly a a desire and a desirability of of how much I wanted to learn more about God. Yeah. Whenever He opened my eyes.
0: So just to wrap up, we talked about how um, no one can come to the Father until He regenerates them, changes mm-hmm. their heart, and lets them to see it. And then when He does so, they will come to Him. Mm-hmm. Right. That yeah. It is effectual. Effectual. It will work. Right, back to Romans eight, where we always like to stay. And where it says, (laughs) And those whom he predestined, he also called. Right. And then it doesn't say, and then the ones who responded, he also justified. No, it just says those whom he predestined, he also called, and those who he called, he also justified. Mm -hmm. And those who he justified, he also glorified. It worked. It was effectual. They Mm -hmm. didn't mess it up. And we'll talk about that next week with perseverance of the saints. But there we go. Um, you know, in in wrapping, and you had a good quote that you wanted to to end with, so go ahead and and read that. Yeah,
1: with James White, so my man. I was
0: I was going over this thing, and this thing really.
1: It, I was read. Uh, I was listening to his sermon on irresistible grace, and I was just like, he said this: when God chooses to move in the life of His elect to draw them to Himself, the reason it is called irresistible is because there's no power in heaven or on earth that can stop the spirit of god from accomplishing his intended active
0: bringing of those elected Im- individuals to spiritual life those whom he predestined he also called and those whom he called <laughs> he also justified it worked
1: those he justified,
0: it worked it did so that's uh, irresistible grace if you got any questions Hit us up in um, the contact form on the website theology dot com, um, or follow us on Facebook or Twitter and send us a message. Um, what is your Twitter? Or okay, so I don't any of have. Stuff. I, I, I have a Twitter, but I don't. Do really you got use Instagram?
1: It. I do have an Instagram. Uh, C- no, I think CV Schaefer.
0: I got to listen C- at CV Schaefer at CV Schaefer. that might change next week because I don't, don't remember. remember <laughs> Um, at the Levi Sanders on Twitter, that'll help you find me. I don't have Instagram; it's on there, but I deleted it. So, from my phone, I was
1: getting too mad at Twitter. I was just, dude, it was going, it was ridiculous. Yeah,
0: Twitter can be kind of crazy, but I kind of enjoy it. It's fun. <laughs> no, I was um, getting too frustrated. Yeah, or follow <laughs> us on, at, at the Average Joe Theo on Twitter. There you go. So yeah, do that one. You can find us both. So um, we'll be back with you next week for perseverance of the Saints. Go back and catch up on um, the T, the U, and the L of Tulip um, and we'll hit you next week with the P and I'm excited we'll go from there if you got any more ideas about things that you want us to talk about on the show go to Averageotheology.com and hit us at the contact form it will send us an email and we will um, respond so far the only person that that contact form has ever <laughs> been filled out by was Chase. There you go. So, <laughs> I told you no more. And that time, got man. him on the show. Yeah, the look at that. <laughs> <laughs> he might be here next week. <laughs> so uh, so hit us up on the contact page, um, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. This has been the another episode of the Average Othology Show Theology Show.